0: I have three goals this morning. I'm just going to tell you out front. Let's get three. Number one, you see the sign behind me about the Philippines. This isn't a report. I'm not telling you what I did. This is ultimately about, it's ultimately about worship. The psalmist in Psalm 93 says this, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. I had the privilege of going to the Philippines in a partnership with the Martins to see what God is doing among the, the Philippines, what God is doing in the Southern Philippines. So ultimately today is about worship. So I'm going to give you uh, my uh, trip. I'm going to give you a summary of my trip. So that's kind of where we're going. Second thing is my, my buddy Daryl here is, is with us. And Daryl and I have a long, long history. Uh, when we first came to Hope, somewhere about in the 19, middle 1990s, he and I used to meet uh, over here at this Denny's. And we used to meet every Friday morning. And we would talk, and we would talk about life, and we would watch Super Bowl games together. And in 1999, when he and his wife, his family was commissioned, I had the privilege of being a part of that. So we have a, a, a wonderful partnership with the, we have a wonderful partnership with our missionaries. And so that's why Psalm 96 is so important, because it's about partnering with them so that people all over the world will one day be at the throne worshiping our, our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give a report. Daryl's going to give a report. And then the last thing is this. We have the great privilege of celebrating the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. To celebrate the fact that we have been forgiven of our sin. And because we've been forgiven of our sin, God has tasked us with a message. To take the message of Jesus to a lost and dying world. And I hope that we never forget that. You know, uh, my uh, my being able to go to the Philippines uh, is just a reminder of the great privilege we have and the great partnership that we have. So um, that's what we are going to do this morning. I'm going to run through this. We'll run a couple uh, of these slides. Um, We'll run through um, rather quickly. April 13th to the 23rd, um, uh, we went to the Philippines. I was a part of a of a, a bunch of people. There was a team from um, all over uh, the St. Louis area, all over the United States. So it was a privilege to be a part of that. To get to the Philippines, to get to Cebu, uh, the Philippines where, um, where we ended up, obviously got on a flight. It's three flights to get to Cebu, if you will. And you can see it kind of in the middle there. That's where we were going through. And so we had a flight to Minneapolis, And then we had a flight to Icheon, South Korea, uh, which ended up being uh, not a 13-hour flight, but a 15-hour flight. So by the time you got on the plane and by the time you got off the plane, it was probably 16 hours. Um, The reason we had to go a longer flight is evidently there was some activity, volcanic activity in Alaska. So we had to go along. So when you talk about sitting on a plane for 16 hours, that's like two work days, right? That is a long time to be sitting on a plane. So we flew. We ended up in Cebu is where we kind of gathered, if you will. And we arrived um, early, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. So we kind of gathered at the airport almost at midnight. And at 1 a.m. in the morning, um, we checked in to the Savoy uh, Hotel. And basically our goal, our responsibility on Saturday was to do this, was to rest, because the time, it's a 13 hour time change. So when we arrived at whatever midnight, and I mean, it's, it's 13 hours late, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. So, I mean, you're told, you've are you been on a plane now for 15, 16, for 20 hours. We're scrambled trying to figure out exactly what we're trying to do. But our goal on that Saturday was to rest, to meet some of the other workers that were there, uh, to adjust, obviously, to the, the time change, and also to kind of get acclimated to the area and kind of walk around. So that's what we did. We enjoyed a day just to rest, relax. Um, That night, uh, we were able to go uh, and and see some of the nightlife, if you will. Uh, They had Cebu, a talent show at that particular point in time. I was going to enter it, but I have no talents in which to enter it. So um, we just walked around. We were able to enjoy the sights, all kinds of food. If you wanted sweet corn, you could do that. All kinds of different sights for us to be a part of and to see and experience what life in Cebu is really all about. So that's basically what we did. Gather that one day, that Saturday, rest, relax. Um, there was a lot of other Westerners in the hotels. So we had an opportunity to get together with them, to meet with them, and enjoy good food. This is Be- Miss Becky, and um, uh, the, the food for me, the food is just very, very different. A lot of fish, uh, a lot of rice, um, a lot of vegetables, a lot of uh, fruit, a lot of rice. Um, and a lot of rice. And uh, so, this is the food that we had, and it was wonderful. It's a great opportunity for us to experience Filipino life and Filipino um, experiences. This, they're, they're carrying eggs here. That's what they're doing here. They've got all these eggs backed up, and they just loaded them up. So, we had the privilege on that Saturday to experience life uh, in the Philippines. Sunday morning is a day of worship. So, we were able to go to this church. It's called Ictus Church, if you will. And it meets in this building here. It's actually there's a private school, a private Christian school, that is there, and uh, the COVID virus um, hit the school and hit the church quite. Uh, Hard. They lost a lot of their students, so basically what they are doing is they're in the process, the school is in the process of rebuilding uh, this private Christian school. But we had a chance to gather together for worship. On the left-hand side is the pastor. What a wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, a bunch of Americans show up, and so he is actually speaking from Psalm 90. And he had the, um, the, the, the mindset of speaking in English and also the, uh, the heart language of the people, alternating back and forth, so that we as the Westerners had an opportunity to listen and learn and know what's going on. So we were just greatly privileged that we had the opportunity to hear about what's going on. This is some of the gals, and at the top left you see, um, those are the gals from the Chapel of the Lake. That's Tracy and Stephanie. And what I basically did was I tagged along with the folks from the Chapel of the Lake. Um, They had four from the chapel. And uh, so I kind of just pulled alongside of them. And um, Harley Marshall was the leader of the group, and he wore this big red hat. And all I did was walking through airports or walking through the city, I looked for a big red hat. I looked for a cardinal hat. And that's all I did was I just followed him. So um, I had the great privilege of just kind of tagging on the coattails of... Our friends from the Chapel of Lake. This is a small part of the group, and understand there are people from Pennsylvania here. There are people from Villa Ridge, Central Press, Matthias's Lot, obviously Chapel of Lake. I mean, they're Westerners from all over. This is just a part of them, probably three quarters of them, and they are all over. And they've gathered together to partner with uh, the Martins, to partner with Team, to partner with the people in the Philippines, with the great privilege of being able to come alongside of the workers and to pray for them and to help them. And so this is part of the team that was able to go. Again, wonderful, wonderful food there. This is kind of one of the rice dishes, um, uh, uh, the the seafood and all of that. Just a wonderful cuisine over there and a great privilege. Sunday afternoon after the uh, uh, church and lunch we had an orientation, and the orientation, it was geared for equipping us, helping us to know a little bit about what we're going into, uh, equipping us with some of the issues that the workers, the frontliners were going to Uh, Experience to establish the relationships, not only for us and what we would be doing, but for all the other Westerners. I mean, there's a lot of people there, a lot of like-minded people together. So we gathered in this room to be able to meet together, to have fun together, to pray for and with each other. It was an informational meeting to explain to us some of the things that were going on, some of the things that our frontline workers uh, were going to be going through. Um, And for us, the opportunity to be reminded of the importance of the relationship. You know, we have this wonderful relationship with each other. We have a wonderful relationship with the Martins. And we have a wonderful established relationship with the people in the Southern Philippines. So um, we had a great privilege of being able to go through that and be reminded of our goal and our reason for literally coming halfway across the world in this orientation. Um, This says, this is why we're Ultimately, this is why we do this. This is why we partnership with Daryl. 0.1% of evangelical believers are in this area, 0.1%. And you're talking about 13 unreached people groups. In other words, they have nobody, they have very few people with the mindset, with the heart to be able to go into these areas where nobody else can go and take the message of Jesus, 0.1%. And the need is incredibly great and the reason we do this, the reason we partner with them, is because of what the psalm talks about, that the nations may honor and glorify the Lord. That at the feet of Jesus, there will be people from all of these villages, all of these places, sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping because we've partnered with our, our friends to take the message of Christ, not only to the Philippines, but all over the world, so that people would be able to acknowledge Jesus. Jesus. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to remind my friends up there in the crow's nest. What I'm going to do is this. If you're on the live stream, if you're watching this on the live stream, you're gonna, you're not going to be able to see the uh, the slides that I'm going to show next. And the reason is because there's some confidentiality here. What we don't is I can show these to you. I can show these pictures. I can show some of the things to you. But what we don't want to do is we don't want them to be recorded. We don't want them so people can go and take a look at them and capture them and, and figure out some things. So that's what's going to happen at this particular point in time. So where are we going? Um, what is the ministry? This is the ministry. 13 unreached people groups. On the right-hand side, uh, the fifth from the bottom, that's the group that we are, are dealing with, the K people. And uh, we have partnered with them, ultimately we have partnered with them since about 2005. And our goal was to go to the CCPA conference, that's a, that's the uh, what this was, the CCPA conference with the idea of being refreshed, reminded of the responsibility and the privilege we have of linking up with these people. Um, it began in 2005. I, my first trip, I believe, is in 2005. I went over there and I remember meeting with Pastor Lynn, pastor of the CMA pastor in this area. And he had a heart for the people, and we met him and talked with him. And over the years, there's been a variety of different workers. Unfortunately, um, we, we have some that have been able to stay longer than others, but we've had a variety of different workers. Um, Kathy D'Amico and uh, Judy Moeller have been over there. So we have a long, established relationship with these people here. And I had the privilege, um, it's been a while since I've been there, I had the privilege of going back to be able to go to the CCPA conference in order to meet with the people. And this is the purpose, is so that Westerners, all of the people in that group, so Westerners can come together with these workers to encourage them, to understand what's going on, hear what's going on in their lives, see... Hear what's going on in the ministry, to be able to partner with them and to be able to remind them that they are not, they're not alone. You know, we have resources. We have prayer resources. We have financial resources. We have resources that we have the great privilege of being able to share with other people. And so that's what we've done. We've linked up with these people, with this one K tribe. That's an unreached people group in this area to hopefully partner with the workers there to take the message of Jesus Christ to them. And they 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 uh the the workers there they they have a huge huge task. This is um one of the slides that talks about the culture. Why did we need this orientation? Why did we need to gather? Why do we need to gather together as a group? Because when you look at uh, these things listed on the slide, we are very very different people. We are very different for them. And what we need to know and understand is the way that they view life and the way that we view life is entirely different. And we need to be sensitive to some of the things that are going on. We need to be sensitive to some of the cultural issues that are going on. If not, we will offend them before we even get out the gate. And there is a variety of issues that they face beyond culture. All right, I'm locked here. Hit the next slide, if you would mind. Mary, please. Um, I'm going to go back. Okay. I'm going to go back to this one. There are other issues that the people face. Number one is this. There's limited development there. I mean, there is sometimes there's not a lot of water. There's very little electricity. Um, There are so many limitations that the people experience. Water, food, Internet communication. I mean, it's just not the same. So these gals, these people that are going out to the K people experience all kinds of difficulties and all kinds of challenges. There's a language barrier. Sometimes they don't know the heart language, so they've got to come in. They've got to learn not only the culture, but they've got to learn the heart language of the people. A lot of barriers. There is the idea of transportation. You don't just get around to them. Many of those people don't have transportation. One of the gentlemen, one of the the, the couples that came to this conference, they were on a boat. I'm not talking about a ship, a a large boat for 44 hours in order to come to this conference. Why? Because they get very little encouragement. They get very little at times um, people coming out and encouraging them, reminding them that they're doing a good job. And so there's a lot of issues that these frontline workers experience. And one of them from this slide is a safety issue. That's why we're doing some of this stuff. We don't want uh, who they are and what they do to get out because there are a variety of safety issues. They're going into a context where people do not embrace Christianity. And if you embrace Christianity, if you embrace faith, and people know there's something bad that can happen, there are incredible safety issues. So that's what we did at the Orientation. We had a privilege of learning about who the people were, what we were going to do, and some of the things that we would be involved in. Uh, this is... Um, Uh, On the Monday morning, we got up and we did like a a three-hour, so we've been on a plane for like three plane flights, and then we did a three-hour drive to this resort, which is along the beach. And this is just a couple of pictures from Clint. Uh, the uh, resort, um, just a wonderful place. Um, I was able to stay with a gentleman from Central Press, his name was Pete, and one of the frontline workers by the name of Lai, we stayed in there. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity by the beach um, to see the beautiful seaside of uh, the Philippines of this resort and to be able to kind of take time away um, from all the stuff that's going on for all of these frontline workers to come and be in a secure place, to be in a place where they would be able to be ministered to, where they would be encouraged in the ministry that they are part of and what they are doing, and for us to be able to come together and to enjoy life with each other. Here's another picture of the food. Again, very, very different food um, for me personally and uh, they fed us the morning, noon, and night. We had a Miranda. We, had, we were eating all the time. And so they fed us very, very well. This is just a variety of some of the food that we were a part of. Um, one of the, the gatherings, um, I had a privilege of sitting at a table. And I heard the story from this couple, this family. And uh, they, were, they were medical missionaries. And it is an incredible story of God's grace about how um, the family was separated, separated from the father. And this gentleman... Came alongside this family, came alongside this wife, and married her and took on the responsibility of being a father in this family. This is the picture of the oldest daughter who's being baptized here. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time for us to gather around. Many of us are gathered around. We're singing, they sing a couple of songs. And we had the great privilege of listening to her share her testimony about her life, her faith, her trust in Jesus, not only for her, but for this family and to be able to witness this and be a part of this wonderful, wonderful ministry, if you will. And so that is what we had a privilege of doing, uh, watching this young gal be baptized as a profession of her faith. The, uh, the conference. So the conference structure is basically right here. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, from morning to evening, and you get a picture of what we were able to do at the conference. Four full days. There was worshiping together. Um, there was uh, small groups there were training there were huddles there were friendship building there was relationship building uh, and so that's what we did uh, we began in the morning we would go till noon take a break gather in the afternoon and what you see up here is the opportunity for us to worship together uh, to be able to sing together to Um, A look at God's Word together. They went through some training, uh, the huddle groups, the opportunities for us to gather together in these small groups around the tables was absolutely critical. I had a privilege to sit with these gals, to sit with these people, to hear about life, to hear about ministry, to hear about all the different things that were going on, uh, to get a better idea of their life and the things that they are doing, the sacrifices that they've made. And so for us, it was just a great opportunity to be a part of investing, encouraging, and doing a a, a small part of coming alongside of them and helping them. Um, Keith and I, basically, our responsibility was to do this, uh, moving together, Uh, moving forward together. This is actually the theme of the week. They hadn't met since, I think, 2020, so this is the first time that they've been together in three or four years. Um, Keith and I's responsibility was to look at the attributes of God, and we did that by looking at the life of David. So the psalms that we chose, Psalm 52, 56, 54, and 51, were a a summary of David's life, betrayal, difficulties, challenges, fear. All of those things were part of David's life. So what Keith and I did, he did two days, I did two days. We had the privilege of introducing them to each psalm that morning, to give them a brief summary of the psalm, and then to send them off in their huddles, send them off in their small groups, and to give them an opportunity for all of us to gather together and to talk about God's Word, to talk about Psalm 56, to talk about Psalm 54, to talk about these psalms in the context of David's life, also in the context of their lives and how these psalms relate to them, reflecting on what David was going through and also reflecting on who God is and what He was doing and wanted to do in their lives. In 2030, um, they have a goal. The CCPA has a goal. And their goal for the next seven, eight years is that they would see, among those 13 unreached people groups, that they would see the fourth generation of believers establishing house churches so that this area would become saturated With house churches. In all of these villages, people have the opportunity to meet in the context of a house church, where there's a house leader, there's a leader, in the context of being able to worship together and gather together. And that's what Keith and I had the privilege of doing, is ultimately pointing them to David, pointing them to the life of David and who he is and how the attributes of God related to the life of David and their lives individually. Okay, so if you look at this Right in, the, in, right in the middle, the, the K team, that's the area that we're looking at. That's the team that we're working with. Southern Philippines, that's the, the team that we have been a part of ever since 2015. And our goal is to continue in this partnership. And I had the great privilege of meeting with the, these gals. Um, there's really not no uh, men at this particular point in time, but these gals. And I had the privilege of sitting down and learning about the ministry, getting updates about the ministry, and them reminding us and encouraging us. In 2005, when we first began this, um, I was given a prayer card. And I I have a prayer card up here with me. And it's about the K people. And there's 35,000 people basically in that area. And that's what we're doing. We've partnered with the K people. We've partnered with these workers so that they can go in and they can take the message of Jesus to these people who do not have uh, the word of God in their own language. And so that's what we have the great privilege of doing, to be able to partner. Some of the strategies that they use is uh, getting together and meeting with the, the people in the villages to, this is a model, uh, with each community when they go in there, their idea is to gather together a group of people, to work with a group of people, to build, establish those relationships with the idea of presenting them with the claims of Christ so that they would embrace the claims of Christ. And then they would be able to model, assist, watch, and lead. That's their goal. Is so that these house churches would be able to be established all throughout these areas, if you will. So that, whether it be in our village or community or all of those other 12 villages and communities, people are going out with the mindset of establishing these health churches, identifying people in the community, coming inside the community, working with the people in the community, working alongside of them, transformational development, cultural development, all of those things, working with those people so that they have the great privilege of coming alongside, introducing them ultimately to Jesus, the message of Jesus, and seeing house churches established in this area. One of the important um, times that we were able to gather together is that they gave reports. Each um, community level, each worker had the privilege of coming forward in front of all of us, there's about 80 to 100 of us, and to give a report. And these are basically uh, the people from the K team. And they went into the K uh, area um, last November and um, they had not been in there for a while because of COVID, because of some other things. They were able to go back into the village in uh, November 16th. They left. They went back in November 26th. And when they went back in November 26th, they were able to reestablish a connection with all of the different people there and the relationship. There already was a relationship with believers there. They needed to go back and establish those relationships, identify those people with the idea of coming alongside of, where are we at and where do we go from here? So, when they came back on the 22nd, they were able to meet with the leaders there and to have a house fellowship, to actually have a worship service at that particular point in time on the 26th. And that is ultimately why we are doing what we are doing. Psalm 96 again says this Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. That's all ethnic groups. That's all nations. Even these small, tiny little villages in the southern Philippines need to hear about the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the great privilege you and I have of being able to partner with the Martins and others who go all over the world to go to places where we cannot go. Psalm 22 verse 27 says this, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. This is ultimately about worshiping Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that is why we have the great privilege of doing what we do. We have the privilege of partnering with the Martins and others uh, to be able to go and talk to them, and to encourage them, and to be a part of something wonderful. And that's been a part of our ministry at Hope Church, not our, but a ministry of Hope Church for hundreds of years. I can take you back to 1922, where missions, when I go back and look at the visions of hope, I see in 1922, that's where we began to support our first missionary to Angola, South Africa, if you will. And so we enjoy a great heritage. We enjoy a great privilege of being able to partner, and all of you are part of that. You didn't just send me; you actually went with me. I just simply went as your representative, so that we can go and hear and be encouraged. And by the way, I, I sat at the table with these gals, and this is one of the gals. I, I this gal was a unique individual, and um, she's very kind of introverted. And I knew she was a part of our team. And it took me like a day and a half to track her down and find her. And I went up to her and said, You know what? You just keep trying to, you're just trying to keep moving away and avoid me. And she just kind of laughed. And we had the privilege of sitting down. And I got to hear her heart. I get to hear about what she's doing and what these gals are doing. These gals are single gals. I asked them the question, I said, Why aren't you married? Why aren't you married? Well, because the Lord has not brought the right person into our life. And we're not just going to go get married. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the claims of Christ. We're going to look at the message of Jesus. And we're going to go and we're going to take that message. And these gals don't have cars. And they have limited transportation, limited resources. But they still have a heart and a desire and a joy. The Filipino people have an incredibly joyous people. They love to have fun. And as much as we think that we can go and encourage them, they are ultimately the ones that come and encourage us because of their joy, because of their heart, because of their passion. And we got to hear about what was God was doing among this people group. There were people being baptized. There was a house church established. They're trying to go back and to reestablish connections with the people, if you will. And like I said, it's a great privilege to be able to know that we are partnering with these gals in the ministry here and being able to gather together with them. This is kind of one of the huddle groups. The gentleman um, on uh, the, the right here is that's Andrew, and also there's Elizabeth. They're actually from Chatham, and we partner together with the K people. And so this is a picture of all, them. this is a picture of, of the group together. And Andrew, I got most of the pictures from Andrew um, because he was kind of the techie guy, a lot of different pictures there. And this is just the involvement. We are involved with so many other um, churches all over uh, the United States, partnering together to come and listen and to share and to be a part of the ministry uh, with this team. And it is a great privilege to be able to sit and talk and to share and to know a little bit better about how um, we can pray for them. Um, The gal uh, that's in the front there, um, she and I have been corresponding. And what I want to do is I want to get her reconnected with Judy Moeller and to get her reconnected with uh, the people here so that we can find out more specifically about their prayer requests and how we can continue to partner. You see the smile on all of their faces? That's the joy that they have. There's no doubt that the joy of the Lord is evident in these gals' lives. No matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, no matter how little they have, they count it a great privilege to be able to go and to minister and serve. This is kind of like the, the, the full team, if you will, and just a great privilege. Obviously, the, the gal and uh, Andrew from, from and me in the middle, and just these gals being able to gather together and to celebrate together and to be encouraged one another. Um, our goal is to, to partner with them as they continue to work among the people and as we see the ministry continue to go forward. Um, there's a lot of different workers that are involved. Um, uh, Spoken Worldwide was there, the organization that John Furch is a part of. Uh, Dirk was there, and he had a small part of the ministry there. So some of what Dirk is doing, what some of what Spoken is doing, is in relation to the, the village, the team that we are a part of. So um, we see some of that going on. Um, they are working to transition um, into the, the next generation like I said, by 2030, they want to have the fourth generation. So as they continue to go back and reconnect with the people, their goal is to reconnect, see these house churches to be established, and then be able to see the ministry continue on as they pull out. Um, this is just a, a this is just a great picture. Forget the guy in the middle. Um, this is just a great picture of the partnership that we enjoy, um, knowing that we. Uh, have a small part in coming alongside of them uh, with the financial resources that we have, with the, uh, the prayer, hopefully the prayer support that we have. Um, ultimately that's what we want to do, is we don't want to see any of you separated from any of our missionaries. It would be great if each one of us here had a missionary organization or person, that, they, that you were connected with it so that you know what's going on in their lives, and you know how to better pray with them. And this is an opportunity for me personally to be reconnected with these gals in the ministry. And there's no doubt that I will continue to be able to, to partner with them. Uh, the relationships, the partnership is there, and we want to make sure that we continue to do that. Um, the CCPA organization conference is going to be changed next year July, to July, and maybe what we'll see is maybe somebody else from our church will be able to go to be able to sit down and be encouraged and to um, hear about what's going on uh, in the ministry. This is kind of like the, the sunset, the sunset on the a beautiful horizon there. The sun is going down. It's overlooking the water, overlooking, and it's just a reminder of God's goodness and God's grace. You know, 10,000 rings, the sun comes up and the sun goes down and God is worthy to be honored and God is worthy to be glorified. And our desire and the partnership that we enjoy is that people from all over the world will be able to worship in the fall at the feet of Jesus. And so that's why we do what we do. I missed a slide. Oh, hang on. The, what do you see there? Look at all the St. Louis Cardinals. All the, the St. Louis hats and shirts and all that was a part of this trip. And uh, so um, we've converted them. They're all St. Louis Cardinal fans right now. <laughs> and so it was a great privilege to be able to be a part of that. So, so, so let me just take a minute and, and to kind of to, to wrap this up. I want to go back to, let me just take a minute to, to wrap this up why go over there? Um, I actually called Daryl uh, a couple of months ago. I'm like, Daryl, I have not been to the Philippines in a long time. I feel a little bit disconnected. Why, why, why should I go over there? And we talked about the relationship. We talked about um, being able to hear about a renewed vision of what uh, was going on, how they were coming out of COVID and they're trying to make a transition Um, in their ministry and their strategy. We talked about just the idea of a Western church being able to come alongside and to hear their stories, to partner with them, and to be an encouragement to them and to let them know that they're not alone, to let them know. I mean, can you imagine being a part of a village, going through COVID, and not having a place to go and to worship? We experienced a little of that on COVID, but we still had our little groups we still have the opportunity to come back and, and to visit and to fellowship and to reconnect with people. And imagine what it's like for some of these workers that go out and they don't have even encouragement. And then we had the great privilege of being able uh, to do that. So I, it was a privilege for me to go as your representative um, for uh, this ministry. And another reason I, I think that this is important for us to be reminded of is this. We have a wonderful heritage with missions. As I mentioned, 1922, the name of the, uh, the guy was Cornelius Potter, and he went to Angola, South Africa in 1922. In 1928, we sent the first homegrown missionary, Herbert Barrett. In 1928, a homegrown missionary from this area went out, and we sent them out. We have over 100 years, or, or 100 years, almost 100 years of missions focus, of you, through your faith promise through your partnership, through your faithful prayers of being a partner with people all over the world. And you've seen the missionaries. You've seen where they're at. You've seen their lives. You've heard them about what they're doing. You've heard about the partnership that we enjoy. So um, it is a great privilege for us to be a part of that. Another reason why this is important is this. We're called to go. And we sang the song, Light Every Candle. I hope that we've not lost, we've not lost the fact that we have a responsibility to us to take the message of Jesus to those who do not know Jesus. We need to be reminded of that. Sometimes it's really easy for me and us to be complacent. We live in the Western United States. We have all of these freedoms. But what about the people around us who are separated from Jesus, and about entering into their life and entering into their context. I have been convicted of this. This past year, I have tried to be much more intentional about the relationship that I have and the opportunities I have, availing in the relationship the opportunities I have to try to do my best to say, I want to be able to introduce people to the message of Jesus. Matthew, the Great Commission, still guides and directs, hopefully, our lives and our ministry. Another reason why this morning is so important is this. There's a sharing of resources. It's a sharing of resources. Man, we have a lot of resources to be able to share. And your faithful giving to faith promise allows us the opportunity to be able to do this. I mean, can you imagine what the finances and the support to some of these people in these remote villages, can you imagine what your faith promise giving does to them and the freedom that allows them to be able to go to serve areas that are really difficult. You know I thank you for your faithful giving to faith promise. I thank you for what you have been able to do. A couple other reasons why this morning is so important is this we want to model missions. Um, I asked Steve Keating if he would be able to come and he couldn't because obviously he's out of town today. We have a couple we have a team that's going to France. We have a couple of gals that are going to Honduras on a medical missions. We would hope that all of us would have the mindset of is, what are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my abilities? And can I go to another place and use those gifts, those talents, and those abilities, maybe to serve in a uniquely different way? That's what we want to do. Nothing ignites our heart toward lost people in going and seeing the ministry and what they are being a part of. And what we want to do is we want to model that to the next generation, if you will. We want to model that. We want to say, hey, are you willing to go partner with this mission organization or these people groups? So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to go. I love it. It is a great privilege for me to be able to go and to serve uh, you and to serve in the context of this uh, ministry and to enjoy and and to be a representative of the partnership that we have uh, with the Martin. So Um, I I told Daryl, Daryl's here this morning, he kind of snuck in, and I said, Daryl, you got to come up and say a few words, because people are going to ask me, Clint, why didn't you let Daryl speak? So what I'm going to do is, um, would you do me a favor, would you come on up, and uh, there's a microphone right there on the front. And I want Daryl, just before we go into communion, I, I want Daryl just to share a few words. Uh, like I said, we have a great partnership with the Martins. We have a great partnership with people all over the world involved in missions and ministry. And so uh, this is my brother Daryl, a good man, good friend. Thank you, Clint. Good
1: morning. I want the people on the first five rows here, would you stand up, count the first five rows? Just give you a quick illustration. Yeah, if you guys would stand... For a minute. This just would represent about, I did a counting from over there, about the number, imagine churches sending missionaries out. This would represent a sample group of missionaries that are going to work cross culturally. Would everybody but Steve Arthur sit down? Steve, the Lord has called you to go. No. Steve by standing represents how many of this group of missionaries are actually sent to unreached people groups. There's a disproportionate number of people that are going to nations today where the churches are already established, but only about one out of every 50 go to places that are totally unreached. So that's, thank you, Steve. So that's just an illustration of why, what Clint said, it's so important that we are partnering with these ladies, with with these agencies, because they represent the small, small percentage of people who are actually going to the least reached people groups in the world. Many people have, and I worked in St. Louis, uh, many of you know, for Fellowship of Christian Athletes for 25 years of my ministry. Most of it has been here in North America. And I'm asked often, why don't you and your wife work in By the way, speaking to my wife, I almost forgot. She gives her greetings. If I forget to do that, I'll be in big trouble. I'm picking her up at 2 o'clock this afternoon at the airport, so this really worked out conveniently today to be a part of this service. So Becky sends her greetings. She's in North Carolina at some leadership meetings with our agency, couldn't be here this morning. I do a lot of that. I do a lot of Becky sends her greetings. Even to her own family in Southeast Missouri where I've been visiting, I give greetings from their own daughter. Uh, as a son-in-law, but uh, we just wanted to thank you, Becky and I, for the history of partnership. I wasn't like Terry Talley. I wasn't here in 1922 when you sent your first missionaries. Uh, to, I'm not that old. My, my grandmother was. My grandmother and Ruth Mellish were part of a teenage group at the old church downtown. That's how far back my legacy goes as a family. Uh, with with Hope Church, this is sacred ground. I almost I don't ha- shouldn't have my shoes on up here. And the number of speakers that we have enjoyed, the presentations, the stories of missions that have been shared from this stage has just been incredible through the years, has it not? I mean, this church has left a footprint of missions around the world. We traveled places in the world that refer to Hope Church or people that came out of Hope Church, even in Southeast Asia. That's the legacy, the footprint that you have left as a church. And I know you want to continue to do that. And you are doing that in the Southern Philippines. Clint talked about kingdom partnerships. That's what this is about. We can't go to some of the places. Even I live in the Philippines. I live on that island that Clint showed where many of the people, where the K people are. We live on that the border there where, the, where the, those people groups start. And we can't go, even Becky and I can't go to access those places without putting a lot of people in danger and by association. And you, and many of you can't go, but you, we, you're still a part of what God is doing by your prayer, by your sharing your resources financially in support of, of these missionaries. And relationally, what Clint brought to these ladies and to these teams was incredible encouragement just by showing up. They know he traveled 10,000 miles and made three different flights and had to avoid a volcanic, you know, adding two hours to his flight. They know that. And they recognize that, and that means the world to them, that someone would come from 10,000 miles to say, we care about you, we're thinking about you as a church. I just want to challenge you, Clint hinted at this, to somehow be creative in your own life and maybe as a church to get connected with these gals and with the agencies. Lori Kilpatrick has stayed involved. They formed a group called the K Group, and, and there's text. I'm part of it. Um, and I see texts going on and share just prayer updates of people like Tony traveling and doing his work of translation and bringing training disciples. It's really kind of neat. There are creative ways that we can do that today with social media, with Facebook, to, to stay connected. I want to challenge you, maybe talk to to Clint. He can give you, and, and Clint can talk with me about ways that we can access communication safely with some of your missionaries, they would love to hear from you and and to know you're praying for them. So I just challenge you. And as Clint mentioned, next year, we'll be going in July. Uh, The Philippines has moved their school year to a Western model. So it used to be that March, April, and May was their summer. Now it's June, July, and August. And so we are moving the conference next year to July. I want to challenge you as a church maybe to be thinking about going, maybe you yourself. I uh, don't know if Clint plans to go, if the Lord would lead him to go next year, but in partnership maybe with Clint or, or someone else from the church, just be praying about who would be sent to go to be that encouragement, to be that partner as we share k- kingdom resources. And that's really team's mission. Our mission agency team is to partner with the global church, partner with North American churches, partnering with churches in the Indo-Malay world, um, in Asia. Partnering with agencies, and it's really all about access. I was going to mention a while ago why you know when we say why don't you and your your wife want to work in the in the United States where there's so many needs and there are. One of the answers I give is access. Access to the gospel where there are people groups today with no access. We could, we call those UUPG unengaged, unreached people groups. There are still Tribal groups out there, ethnic groups that still have no missionary, no Bible translation, no known believers that exist in our world. Can you imagine going your entire life without any knowledge of the Bible, any knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and spending your entire life without worship? That's what John Piper said so well a few years ago in his missions challenge to the American church is, we do missions where worship does not exist where people are not worshiping that's where we go so that's what we do as a mission agency becky and i we want to send our missionaries out to partner with people in proximity to the least reached people groups and say how can we together reach that group who's beyond our reach and the reason they're unreached is because they're very difficult limited access areas world very challenging areas and I believe the Lord is going to finish, I really do, the Great Commission and the next generation. We celebrated just a couple weeks ago, I'm part of a large network in Indonesia, which has the highest number of M unreached people groups in the world. We have something to celebrate this morning. There are no more unengaged unreached people groups in Indonesia. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? At least now there's at least a missionary president, at least a believer in it, someone available in each of the 900 plus people groups in Indonesia. So we are celebrating that. And as Clint said, our prayer and our goal is that these gals that he partnered with and the other missionaries that we saw at the conference, we won't, we can pull them out in, by 2030. They're no longer needed because the DNA of the church will be established to the fourth generation. That's our prayer. 20 years ago when we started this ministry of partnership, there were some of those people groups that you saw listed where there were no believers, zero. Now today, every one of those people groups has at least first generation. Some of them now have third generation of discipleship believers, isn't that great? So Lord is on the move, he's doing his work, and so your prayers, your resource sharing, your relationships with these people groups are are not in vain. So anyway, it's dangerous when he says you got a few minutes to talk because few minutes, you know, in Asia, it could mean all morning. You know, United States, it usually means, you know, you got a couple more minutes. But I just wanted to thank you. Uh, Becky and I, just a quick update. We are planning to go back to the Philippines next Sunday. I'll be back in this area next Sunday boarding a flight. After Clint shared his experience, I'm not sure we want to (laughs) go. But we'll be going back to the Philippines. We're going to spend seven more weeks there. Um, In the Philippines in Southeast Asia, I should say and then we are moving back to Missouri Southern Missouri permanently and when I say permanently we're building a home in southern Missouri um, where my wife and family live and have land for us and uh, We're gonna still travel to Asia. We're not retiring. We're still gonna do our work and I'll still be going to Asia I'll still be a part of CCPA next summer probably spend a couple months next summer in uh, Southeast Asia Um, But we will be moving here in July, and we're going to take a little sabbatical. Becky has been asked by the leadership team that she take a break. She has had uh, a lot of work, especially recently. In the last month, she has been to Nepal, to India, to Cebu, Philippines, to Chicago, to Milwaukee, to St. Louis, to North Carolina. That's in four weeks. And I pick her up this afternoon at 2 o'clock, and we leave next week to go (laughs) back to the Philippines. So she's been asked by her leadership team to just take a break, not to leave the ministry, not to leave her leadership position, but to take a, a three-month sabbatical to work on our house. So that's what our plan is for you all. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, August, September, and October, we'll kind of be out of touch and working on our home and doing some reading and writing and reflection and prayer. And then back in, in this uh, coming November, we plan to re-engage. And our plan is to just come to different churches every weekend. So we'll be a Hopefully be uh, making another visit this, this fall and winter, uh, starting in November. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support, your partnership with us. Clint, thank you for a great report today. Thank you for coming, sharing God's word. You and uh, you and Keith did a great job of sharing God's word, leading us in worship of the Psalms, small group discussions, following their presentations. All in all, it was a great gathering. And uh, look forward to what's ahead.
0: Just one last thing before we, we take. Community together. We were at the resort and we were getting ready to leave and you have to get in the shuttle and go three three hours back to, to, back to the airport and there were just a lot of tears. A lot of tears. You know, the book of Acts talks about people shedding tears because they knew they would never see their faces again and there were just a lot of tears. And so we look forward to being able to go back and to hopefully encourage them in the future. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. We have tried to offer the context of this uh, report and the context of worship. Um, We want to take some time to ultimately be reminded of why we go to the Philippines because of who Jesus is and what He's done, the instructions that He's given to us, the command, the mission that He's given to us. So let me pray and then what I want to do is uh, I will invite our men to come forward and then we are going to take communion together and remember why we are doing what we're doing. Father, thank you for the opportunity that I had to be able to go as a representative from Hope Church. Father, I thank you that I was able to go because of the faithful giving and ministry and prayers of the people of Hope Church. Father, we have a wonderful heritage of being able to be engaged in missions with people all over the world. And ultimately, our desire is to continue to do that, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to renew us, Father, thank you that you have been faithful in the past with our finances. Father, you have been faithful. You will continue to be faithful. And God, we truly want to be faithful in our responsibility in taking the message of Jesus and also partnering with those who are going to places where we cannot go. So, Father, we ask that you would continue to allow us to do that. Father, I thank you for my family here. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege we have to gather at your feet and to worship you for who you are and what you've done. Father, we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.